Welcome to our Triune Pod, where we prepare you to praise. I'm the Reverend Nick Comiskey. And I'm the Reverend Ben DeHart. Join us for a conversation about low-key theology, lived experience, and outlandish pop culture as we break down the collect of the day for the coming week. We hope it's an inspiring, maybe a bit irreverent, but mostly helpful way to get you ready for some God time. Welcome back to our triune pod. It is the day after the election. It's been a wild one. We do not have a winner. We have no idea what's going to happen. Nick, how are you holding up? I, I'm, I'm doing okay. I would give myself, <laughs> I would give myself a B minus uh, if I'm being maybe a C plus. I don't know. I, yeah, I think I, um, look, like, I think I was, I had this, this picture in my head of, um, in the late afternoon yesterday of like the, the, the landmark vote being this like affirmation of like decency and truth telling uh, regardless of like politics surrounding Biden and Trump, uh, I think just the the notion of like it's the right thing to tell the truth and it's the right thing to like want what's best for people even if you don't agree with them. Like I feel like those are values I hold pretty dear, and um, I was hoping that again I don't want to get too much into specific politics, but just like those kind of more general values. And uh, as as it became clear throughout the night, like. That is not what's going to happen. Um, I, uh, yeah, man, I, I don't know. Um, so I'm saying there's not much Christian charity to be found. Yeah, like, look, I don't like, I don't want this podcast to just be like, you know, a leftist stand. Like, but I don't know, like Trump, like, like cheering on people saying LeBron James sucks. It's like that's just ugly, you know. Like again, forget the politics. Just like that's just ugly behavior, and. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it is kind of discouraging for me that like that, that's not that important to people. Maybe that's a reflection of my own relative privilege that I care about those kind of abstract things like decency and truth telling. I don't know, but um, yeah, that was, that was discouraging. Um, well, but what about you? Like, where'd you watch, where'd you watch the election? Were you, were you solo in your apartment? What was the, uh, what were you doing? Oh, no, no. I was with my pod, my boss, my boss's wife, uh, mostly just colleagues, friends, and I came into last night pretty confident we were going to have an outcome. Again, we don't really want to talk politics in particular too much, but I was pretty, I was kind of psyched. And at first it, it felt like a sporting event, you know, CNN, Fox News, whatever they have, like all this stuff going. You're like, man, this is so exciting and nerve wracking. But yeah, as the night went on, it became clear this was going to be a whole lot closer than I thought it would be. A bunch of the swing states that the polls said were, you know, leaning blue. And like these polls are like good polls, like, you know, get A ratings on, you know, 538. And they were just, they're not right. Yeah, wake up call. <laughs> that shit does not matter. <laughs> For the second week in a row, I'll say it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think another thing I've been thinking about a decent amount is how my perspective on what quote unquote people of color think and the way they experience the world is so influenced by elite media and the gains that Trump made in the Hispanic community here in Texas where I live 
is very significant. Um, and I just don't know a lot of people of color who are in that like economic and cultural working class. And I think in the same way that four years ago, I was so chastened by like my naive sense of the world. I think I made the same exact mistake four four years later. Uh, and I know I'm, I'm as a Christian who believes in grace, I should be easier on myself to just like, I made the exact same mistake again, even if, you know, Biden might very well win. We just don't know. But I think my sense of what matters to people has been proven, um, proven false, man. I mean, I don't want to speak too definitively. I'm, I, I'm probably sounding a little melodramatic, aren't I? But I don't know. <laughs> You're probably not the only one grieving this morning. So. No, just yeah. No, I was actually wa- watching um, with two of my friends who are black and it, I mean, the whole room was anxious. The whole room, I mean, is leaning a particular way politically. But it was interesting hearing them talk about one of them's from uh, Mississippi. And um, shout out, Chelsea. You can say it. Yeah. And then like my friend JR, uh, also a person of color, was like, Chelsea, like, why does Mississippi go so red when the African-American population there is so high? And she said kind of exactly what you were hinting at. Like, it's just a kind of a conservative, family first kind of area. And they don't vote according to the way they do in Austin, Texas, and New York City. So... Friends, I don't know where you're at, but you know, peace be with you. We're going to look at the, the college of the day now. We're not going to stay with politics because, again, we serve a king and a kingdom, ultimately. And our Pledge of Allegiance is the Apostles' Creed. And wow. Thank own. you. So, Thank you, Father you Ben. <laughs> yes, Daddy. <laughs> All right. So we're going to take a look at Proper 27. It goes like this. O God, whose blessed Son came into the world, that he might destroy the works of the devil and make us children of God and heirs of eternal life. Grant that, having this hope, we may purify ourselves as he is pure, that when he comes again with power and great glory, we may be made like him in his eternal and glorious kingdom, where he lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. So Nick, what do you make of this colic? I think this is a a good colic. Uh, that's not saying too much. Um, yeah, as I was thinking about the colic over the last couple of days, my um, I, I've been looking at a couple of New Testament passages that I think are really relevant to this prayer. One, the most obvious one is First John three. That's where a lot of the language about destroying the works of the devil and purifying ourselves as he is pure comes from. And, and also Romans eight, uh, and maybe I'll get to like why that, I feel like that is relevant here in a second. But, um, I think the first thing that jumps out at, at, out at me, sorry, man, I'm really tired. This is going to be a rough one. Um, the first thing that jumps out at me is just a really comprehensive and like heartening description of what Jesus has done for us. Um, you know, what has Jesus done for us? Jesus destroys the works of the devil jesus makes us children of god and jesus makes us heirs of eternal life and i think at different points in my life um those like one of those three descriptions of who jesus is and what jesus has done has mattered more to me or you know i think what i've been really heartened by this morning is jesus making us children of god 
Jesus bringing us into a relationship with the father. And um, yeah, because I am a little bit, I am kind of in a rough place this morning. You know, I think the notion that this is my father's world and that God, the father is like, is trustworthy and he will bring me and bring our world to like a grand conclusion. Um, you know, fatherhood and God I know is problematic. Um, but for me, what it, what it really does to me emotionally is it provides a sense of security and safety. Uh, and you know, like a good father doesn't always do what the son, uh, their child wants right? Like they don't just, it's not infantile. They don't just grant a good father doesn't just give a six year old candy whenever he wants or she, however she wants it. But I think that a good father is always trustworthy and a good father always brings things to a good conclusion. Um, so yeah, I've been just meditating on that and really thankful for that recognition that Jesus made us children of God. Um, we were estranged from God. We were far from God uh, in, in and of ourselves, but Jesus brought us into a relationship with God that we could, that we can call like, Godfather. Um, yeah, that's been really encouraging and helpful for me today. So the call it goes on to say, so since we are children of God, since we are heirs of eternal life, we have this hope. Now we may purify ourselves as he is pure. What do you, what's, what's up with the hope here? How does hope the engine here? Yeah, well, that's where I think the Romans 8 thing really comes in into play. Um, not to make this like a Bible pod, but like um, what I was really struck by in the logic of this prayer is, are we, are we to think of those three descriptions of Christ's work in the past or future tense? Hmm. Like, ha- and I, I, this might be wrong, but the way I'm reading it as of now is like, I think this is actually referring to things which are not currently visible to our eyes, not necessarily untrue, but, you know, may, maybe in some, you know, abstract way, Jesus has destroyed the works of the devil, but look around, man, devil is working. And, um, you know, we can call ourselves children of God by faith, but it may not be a part of our day by day experience. And we are heirs of eternal life, but we do not yet possess it in the full sense of the word. So I've been thinking about that word hope. And in Romans eight, like I said earlier, uh, Romans eight says, if what, if we hope for what we do not have, we wait for it patiently. And the notion that hope, uh, there is this like, antithesis in the new testament between hope and sight um romans 8 24 but hope that is seen is no hope at all who hopes for what they already have um if we hope for what we do not yet have we wait for it patiently so we are waiting in some sense for Mm -hmm. the works of the devil to be destroyed we are waiting to become children of god our adoption to sonship as paul says in romans 8 we are waiting to receive the promised gift of eternal life and its fullness and so in some ways i think what this college is actually asking for is that those truths those gospel truths would become real to us even if they're not visible to our eyes and that hope that we do not yet have but the hope of what we will have is what is the engine for purity right um and you know purity is a weird word like we're bringing purity culture back on our train <laughs> pod. Um, I think, you know, uh, because that word has these weird associations, the word I actually like more, which sounds a little weird, but is sanctity, you know, like um, to be pure is to be devoted, to be wholly given over to God and God's purposes, to be pure is not to be mixed in motive. Um, and, 
to me, the engine of sanctity, the engine of purity is not a turning away from things, but a turning towards a greater thing, right? So it's, and so what I've, I interpret this prayer is asking for God to make those gospel truths so real in my life, so captivating and alluring that I would find myself naturally giving myself over to the things of God, to the will and purpose of God more than other things, right? I mean, the problem with purity culture, you know, we are, we're all like mockingbird people, is that it can become so moralistic and we like keep score and we kind of pride ourselves and our ability to withstand temptation. But um, I think what, you know, in my experience, sanctity, holiness, purity, whatever, is kind of the natural consequence of being captivated and allured by the grace and mercy of God. And I think when you're, when you have that, when hope is alive and well, purity just becomes like it's downstream. Um, does that, is that, am I making sense? Yeah, yeah. I think toward the end there, it actually said like the fill in word for purity or sanctity is that we may be made like him and his eternal and glorious kingdom. And I think that's part of the gospel. That's good news is that God is not going to leave me as I am that I, you know, there will be a day when I will stop hurting those whom I love the most. So all this kind of mess, like, I think we kind of love to talk about how, oh, yes, I'm broken. And it's, you know, that, that's true, but I don't want to be broken. I don't want to keep returning to those, you know, negative character traits or, or bad patterns and rituals. Or the way I like to talk about it with my parishioners is, yeah, like, do you really want to hurt other people anymore? And everyone's going to say, no, I don't. And that's essentially what we're saying is there is hope that there will be a day when you don't, when you'll be made whole, be made like him as he is, and not just for you and me, but for creation. Uh, I mean, look around us, Nick was talking about. Look at last night. There will be a day when the new heavens, the new earth, the kingdom of God will be made manifest. Uh, that not yet that Nick's been talking about will be here and it will be so good. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's where I went with what you were saying. Do you have anything else you want to add? Yeah, no. Um, I mean, I mean, I've been like searching my mind uh, both before this podcast started and as we've been talking for a real, you know, what, what did we say in the, the intro, like an outlandish pop culture example or something that like kind of uh, embodies this notion that hope can be a fuel or engine for sanctity or Christ-likeness. Um, and I, I'm still coming up short. So I'm wondering if you, if you, if anything has come to your mind, even when we've been talking about how hope can, um, you know, can drive us toward not hurting others. And, you know, I mean, last week was All Saints Sunday and we did the All Saints uh, collect. And I just think of people like, Martin Luther King Jr., who have this undying hope, which drives them to go for what they believe in against all the odds. I mean, going back to like 1960s America, just what gave this person the audacity to, to stand up uh, for himself or for African-Americans? when there was so much against them, so much adversity, so many excuses to be like, well, like, uh, you know, I'm just trying to live my life. 
have a family, whatever. Um, so I, I look to people like that. Maybe I look to the saints. And again, as we talked about last week, not that I'm going to imitate Martin Luther King uh, with every jot and tittle, but there's, we have an icon, a, a picture of what living in light of hope can be. And we all know, right? Like if you are in despair, um, it's so hard to like get out of bed in the morning, let alone face the day. And people who have hope, I mean, they, these are the people we look up to. These are the people I want to be. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let me just try something. I, I, this, there's been some, this song that's been playing in my head while we've been talking. Um, do you remember the band Frightened Rabbit? Oh, yeah. They're like an indie rock band from like the mid-aughts. Um, it's a Scottish band. Uh, they, uh, they put out this really great record. Um, what's it called? It doesn't matter what it's called. The Midnight Organ something. The Midnight like Organ Fight. That's exactly right. And then like 10 year, like last year, 2019, I think it was the 10 year anniversary of the record. So they put out, uh, a, well, there was a cover album that came out that a bunch of different artists did different songs from the record. And right as it was coming out, I don't know the exact timing, either right before or right after, but right around that time, the lead singer of the band um, committed suicide and killed himself. And so it brought a whole like, mm. you know, pathos to this cover album. And the cover album's great. Like a lot of the songs are really good, but my favorite one, without any shadow of a doubt is uh um, what you're gonna say Go no you're not no you don't, oh, I don't. actually oh yeah it's uh this song called heads roll off huh. and it's by craig finn of the hold steady uh if you're if people are listening to this podcast and they want like some 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 good music man you got to check this song out and um it's it's really interesting like it's one of those cover songs that is both like uh, the perfect distillation of the spirit of the original but is also genuinely something new you know what i'm saying like i think like in that way it's like the perfect cover song because it does both those things and uh in the in the cover song craig fenn he changes the order of the verses in the chorus a little bit and he starts uh unlike the original song with the chorus and the chorus is i believe in a house in the clouds god's got his dead friends around i believe in a house in the clouds god's got his dead friends around and the, the, the actual message of the song is like about the inevitability of death and like the lack of metaphysical content of death, how it's just nature taking its course. Um, but as a believer, I, uh, as a Christian, I don't think that's true. I think, but, I, uh, and so the irony that, of that chorus, I actually take to be like very sincere. Like I believe in a house in the clouds, God's got his dead friends around. And um, the notion that this life is not all there is and that we are assured of like a beautiful, glorious future does, it does really inspire me as the song points out to make tiny changes to the earth, you know, like yeah. just small little things um, because there's a house in the clouds, man. God's got yeah. his dead friends around. I think that's really helpful because I think a lot of people have in their minds, um, you know, well, if you believe in a house in the sky, when you die, then you're not going to care about this world. And you're just going to project everything into this, you know, imaginary heaven is what yeah. people would say. But I think, yeah, it actually, for a lot of people, especially for the poor and the marginalized, we'll bring up Martin Luther King again, this future hope provides them with the hope in the day to day, not submitting to despair, but facing adversity, facing the day, the little changes, you're talking about so it's good man why don't you uh pray this prayer and we'll get out of here 
That sounds good. Oh God, whose blessed son came into the world that he might destroy the works of the devil and make us children of God and heirs of eternal life. Grant that having this hope, we may purify ourselves as he is pure, that when he comes again with power and great glory, we may be made like him in his eternal and glorious kingdom, where he lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. How about that episode of our triune pod now that you've been prepped for praise won't you do us a solid and subscribe and review we promise to keep the outlandish illustrations coming so be sure to join us for another episode of your new favorite podcast